Welcome to the prolific teaching ministry of Pastor Emmanuel Iren, lead pastor of Celebration Church International. It is his vision to partner with you for your progress and joy in the faith. Ready, set, grow. Today, I just want to more or less give an introduction. Last week we talked about the gospel, which is very important in the subject of love. But want to give an introduction before I go, and I want to do this. I don't think I've done this before. This is a very good book, Dating Intelligently by my wife. Yeah, if you haven't got a copy, I think you should. It's a very good book. Praise the Lord. What's God got to do with it? What's God got to do with it? That's how I want to start an open Love Code Conference 2020. What's God got to do with it? You see, for many people, when it comes to love, God is like the fire service department. You only call him when you're in trouble. Nobody calls the fire service department and they say, hello, can we help you? They say, how far? How are you doing? I just wanted to check on you. They might get you arrested because... The phone lines are helplines. They are distress lines. That's what it's for. And a lot of people see God like that. Many people only call on God when they have no other choice. They only talk to God when there is no one else to talk to. They've exhausted all the options. And that's not God's will for us. Why do we always seek for an opportunity to leave God out all the time. I'm talking about believers. You see, I was in a meeting, quite all right, it wasn't a church meeting, but everybody there was a believer. And the meeting was yet to start. This was years ago. So I just brought up my iPad and played music. And of course, it was a Christian song. And then someone just reacted, are we in church? Why are you playing this song? Listen, by the way, there are good non-gospel songs. Are, are you with me? There are good non-gospel songs. I like some of them. I'm not going to mention them. Now, I'm not going to tell you I love Ed Sheeran. I'm not going to, you know. <laughs> but the point is, I wasn't even trying to be religious. I just wanted to play something. The response, he didn't even say, okay, can we just play something else? Why is it that he was just so ticked off? Have you seen people act like that? Uh, guy, no big church, we did now. Why are you so uncomfortable? Why are we always trying to escape God? Escape God. I think it was Pastor Chris Oyakilome who said this years ago. He said, God doesn't want you to have different aspects of life, you know, that are independent of each other. You just have a spiritual life, you know, so you go to church, you know, church people. Then you have an academic life. Then you have a romantic life. And then you have a business life. No. He has given you one life to influence every endeavor of your participation. Do you understand what I just said? One life. So, you go about a relationship God's way. You go about your business God's way. 
You have one ideology influencing every aspect of your life. Stop trying to leave God out of your relationship. Stop. In fact, many of us, you know, when we hear, we're talking about relationships, subconsciously, you know, we just want the fun stuff. We say, go practica, you know, practica. The L is silent. <laughs> and stuff like that. But I think a good way to start this series is just to say, stop trying to leave God out. I don't know about you, but... <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> Let me say this. Spirituality is a major turn on for me. <laughs> yeah, I said it. You know, wh when I wake up to the voice of my wife praying, it's very distracting. So she's there talking to God, and I'm at the corner cutting eye for her, like, ah, ah, hot babe. Finish talking to God. Let me talk to you. Yeah. That kind of stuff. <laughs> you know, sometimes I'm literally trying to catch her eye to see if she'll be distracted. <laughs> she almost laughed once. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So I, I, I don't know what you value. I don't know what you like. But, but you see, God has changed my heart. He has changed my desires. And I just generally, of course, this applies to my wife alone. Don't, you know, anyway. But, but generally, I just like people that like God. Hallelujah. And you should be very interested in involving God in your life. You should. Don't, if this is the only thing you heard today, it's enough. Don't leave God out of your relationship choice. Don't try it. Don't try it. Why is it that good girls sometimes fall in love with bad boys? There are many reasons. Sometimes it's the good boys that are at fault. <laughs> and I, I don't even want to talk about that. There is, there is, there's a psychological explanation for that. Explanation for that. You know, bad boys tend to come across as confident very direct, knowing what they want. There is no mystery about it. You know they're not planning to marry you. You know. <laughs> but the good boys, let's just say you need to learn to be very clear and specific. Don't date someone for eight years, and then when the lady asks you, where is this going to, you are surprised. Ah, going to Azal. <laughs> Did I do something wrong? Mm -mm. Hallelujah. You'll be very clear. So maybe that's it. Maybe bad boys come across as confident. They're not trying to be who they're not. You know, very confident in their own skin. They're not trying to impress. Nice guys are scared to offend. And so now, you, you no longer come across as someone who can lead. You know, I, I think I gave this joke last year also. Uh, sorry, can you help me? You know, before she's done talking, you have jumped. <laughs> like, calm down. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. And this is, this is what causes 
trouble in some marriages. At the beginning, you were pursuing, doing all sorts of things. You live at a papa, you would drop her at work in the Keja, you know, go and pick her, you do all of that. And then now, she has said yes, you don't want to keep up that energy. You will keep that energy. <laughs> you must, you are not ready for this relationship. You will keep that energy. <laughs> so maybe that brutal honesty. And I'm not even making excuses for bad guys. God forbid that I do so. Well, I think that one of the reasons is some people have not just learned to allow their relationship with God influence their practical choices. That just might be the simple reason. And it's something to think about. Something to think about. What does God think about relationships? Do you care? Does it matter to you? Let me break it to you. In case you have not been hearing me since I started. You need God more than you realize. You need God. It's very scary to try to choose without God. It's very scary. Because to choose a spouse is to place a bet on the person's future. That's something very difficult. You don't just choose someone who is right now. But someone you think will endure in his values or in her values in the future. Are you aware? Are you, do you get what I'm saying? Now, how, how can you tell? Not everybody who has sense in 2020 will have sense in 2025. Are you aware? Just flash back to the last five years. Maybe you were in secondary school. The guys that you thought, you know, Not all of them are so much now. I'm, I'm just being honest. Isn't that true? So uh, how do you rate your ability to place a bet on someone's future? How do you? How do you? There were some people that were very far from husband material three years ago that are 1,000 yard husband material now. You know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. If you just with your own eyes say no, yes, you will be shocked. You'll be shocked. In fact, I dare say, you don't really know who is beautiful in school. <laughs> Can I talk or I should not talk? You don't, you don't know who is beautiful. Have you, haven't you seen people later and you're like, ah, you know, have you felt the need to have someone reintroduce themselves? So who are you? You look familiar. Ah, ah. The glow up was, you know, very drastic. And I'm, it happens both ways. <laughs> some become so fine and some, you know, just, ah. what's going on? I didn't notice this forehead before. I didn't notice this forehead. Yeah. Uh, very forward in life. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. So, if, even if you want to be canon about it, you will make mistakes. If you want to marry just for the looks, you will still make mistakes. You will make, there are so many things 
Some get married, they have children, they are never the same again. Do you understand? And, and then it's you as a guy, you need to understand it's, it's not a game to have children. It's not a game. Someone had a child, you know, and then you're pushing her to the gym and all of that. And yeah, the, the, lady, the lady should make an effort. I think every lady should. But it's not easy. If you've not done it before, you may not understand. Praise the name of Jesus. And so if you are that picture-perfect, extremely carnal person that only loves based on what he can see, maybe you're not ready for marriage. Do you understand what I'm saying? And there are just so many things you can't tell about the future. You, you just can't tell. Some people appear normal. And they're not. Oh. You, you live in Lagos, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> you walk in Lagos. Some people appear normal. They are not. Do you read the blogs? You hear someone killed his husband. Someone killed the wife. Eh? Some, you, you know, you marry someone that you can't trust your children with. These are real life issues. Fathers abusing children. See, sir, ma, you need God. Praise the Lord. God does not impose people on you. But you can choose with him. You like someone. You pray about it. Ask. In my short years, I've seen things. Oh. I've seen things. There is no young pastor. <laughs> when it all comes down to it. After one year of pastoring, your eye would tear. You would, I'm, I'm old. Aged. You have heard? Aged. <laughs> Hallelujah. People are struggling, rushing to enter marriage. Many people inside are struggling to come out. Hallelujah. So choose with God. You need God. <laughs> you need God to choose the right person. You need God to stay with the right person. Listen, you know, I, I've said this before. The person you're likely to choose has not really been tested. Okay, look at, let's use the example of money. He's just a fresh graduate. You don't really know how he will behave when he has money. <laughs> Are you aware that's a huge factor? You don't know how she will behave when she has money. She has not gone through the money test. You have not gone through the pressure test, just the pressure of life. Some people, one business will crash, they will never be the same again. They were great, but they couldn't handle the insecurity. They began to tell their wife, wives funny things. You are the source of my problems. Haven't you heard things like that? The moment the business crashed, the marriage crashed with it. He can't take it. Now, the woman is working hard. She's helping. She's paying the, the children's school fees, but he's not thankful. She's the source of his problems. 
And you know, when you have negative thoughts like that, that's when the devil will bring false prophets your way. They will confirm the voice of Satan. She was not the source of your problems when you were struggling through life at the beginning. Now she is. Are you listening to me? You need God. I can give you example upon example. Just pray about it. Take, I know your heart is beating like this. Jiki jiki bam bam, Abi. You know, but just pray about it. I, I learned that from a song by Dom Wine. Jiki jiki bam bam. My heart go jiki jiki. You know that song? Powerful worship song. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Not just press my side gently. Say, choose with God. Choose with God. That's that's so important. You see, many of us, you know, I, I said this last week and I'm going to, last year, I'm going to say it again because it's a real issue. The image we have about relationship is wrong. The cartoons we watched growing up, we just have an image. Ah, everything is wrong. You can't learn about sex from TV. You can't learn, it's different. You just grab each other, start breaking things. You're pushing everywhere. Just, ah, ah, ah. If you, if you break something in my house, that's that's the end. Though let's share the grace, like you know. You've watched the wrong things. You grab a woman in real life. You just slap her, bah, ah, without permission. <laughs> you, you, you'll be surprised. <laughs> so everything is exaggerated. Everything is false. Everything, the way they fall in love. I like you, I like you too. Next thing, they are tearing clothes. It don't be like that too. <laughs> it's not like that at all. I listen. Look, look at the cartoons. Do you know when I noticed what I'm telling you, I became very scared. You may or may not agree that there is an agenda behind all of this, but I became very scared. See, I know a little about branding and packaging. You can package the weirdest story to look very nice. If I ask you, what do you think about bestiality? You say, what's bestiality? Human beings making out with animals. You say, ah, God forbid, that's rubbish. But when I say, once upon a time, there was a man. He was very mean. And so the spell was cast on him. He turned to a beast. And he was in a forest. And in that forest, you know, not only him, his entire household. They were turned to kettle and all of that. And then... One lady was walking in the forest. She wondered. She was lost and all of that. She began to live in the castle. All of a sudden, this beauty fell in love with the beast. And at the end, they kissed. And then he changed back. She's like, <laughs> oh my God. See love. There's a name for it. It's called bestiality. 
is gross. See, what do you think about necrophilia? What's necrophilia? Being drawn sexually to dead people. Ah, God forbid. That's a demonic, you know. For now, there's a story. Once upon a time, a beautiful princess, you know, a spell was cast on her. And she died. She was in the coffin. But Prince Charming came. Saw her in the coffin, a dead woman. <laughs> and kissed her. The way they go package the story for you. <laughs> Praise the Lord. The thing is, when it comes to relationship, there is something about it that makes us want to keep rational thought out of the way. The moment you are thinking too much, it, it looks like you are spoiling the spontaneous romance. You're spoiling it. You, you just like to be swept off your feet. But when it all comes down to it, marriage is serious business, sir. You don't, you don't build a marriage, you know, those... Indian, you know, it's, this thing is not a game. Oh. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And that's why people who, you know, who have the wrong foundation have serious problems. Because many people psychologically enter marriages to receive, only to realize that you're meant to be the, the giver. You will give. If you enter for the wrong reason, you'll be overwhelmed by the first week. By the first week, you will, you'll be overwhelmed. If you're not a giver, stay away from marriage. Hallelujah. So, all that I've, I just said all this to say this. You need God. Please choose with God. I know you've done it already this morning. Do it again gently. Give the person by your side shuko and said, please, and say, please choose with God. Hallelujah. Again, what's God got to do with it? <laughs> Everything. He created the institution called marriage. He created it. It's his idea. It's his idea. He knows about it more than you do. He knows about it better than you do. Allow him influence you. Allow him guide you. Trust him. Don't trust your own wisdom. Trust him. Stop fantasizing a love life that does not involve God. Stop it. Stop it already. Let go of the psychological desire to escape God. Just, you, you want your life to be about everything you want to do, and you just sprinkle God here and there. No. That's not the way to live. And so the Bible tells us this in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22. It says, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. So, right there, in the modus operandi of marriage and how it's to function, is Christ. 
the knowledge of Christ, a relationship with Christ. Submit unto your husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and the Savior of the body. Therefore, as Christ is subject, as the church is subject to Christ, let the wives be unto their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spots or wrinkle or any such thing, but that he, he should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives even as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife, loveth himself. You know, you just hear this, and you're like, Christ, 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 Christ. God forbid that's the mindset of anyone here. He has given us new hearts, hasn't he? Never be tired about hearing about God and his involvement in your life. He has given us roles in marriage, a standard in marriage. Our focus should be on him. Praise the Lord. It's a threefold God, not two. Three. We must involve him. There is this game I used to play years ago. I don't have games on my iPad, on any of my devices, because I have the tendency to be addicted to stuff like that. So I don't have them at all. At all. You know, but there was this game I really loved. The name is Subway Surf. That thing, eh? you see, you, you heard the size from people, right? And I was playing that game for a long time before I finally understood it. Normally, I just, I just start the game. I'm dodging, you know, the obstacles, jumping over stuff, getting as many coins as possible because, you see, in my normal thinking, coin must always be the point. Don't you get what I'm saying? I, I, I didn't realize that each game had missions, had a task. The mission on a particular game might be jump over 100 obstacles. The mission on some games is to avoid as many coins as possible. Are you getting what I'm saying? But coin must always be the point. So I was learning the game, supposedly, doing a lot of stuff in the game without making progress. The same thing applies to relationships. Ah. It applies to our life generally. Many people think making money is always the point. They're not mission-minded. But there's a deeper assignment on your life. Follow God's plan for your life. Okay, marriage has, you know, a brand culturally. There's a way people think marriage is meant to be. But it's deeper than that. Just like the originators of the game, the people who designed the game designed missions for every run. The same thing applies to marriage. It's not just about completing yourself by getting a trophy on the shelf. You know, you just, I'm a handsome guy, I work hard, I make money, I'm done with school, what is next? It's deeper than that. The person who originated marriage is telling you, 
what your focus should be on. Wives, submit as unto the Lord. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Even if that doesn't catch my fancy as it should, at least out of respect that this is the person who instituted or created this institution, he knows better than I do. Maybe I should just listen. You need God more than you realize. No matter how well you do in marriage without God, you still miss the point if it's without God. Can I tell you something? You can never fulfill God's purpose for marriage without knowing God. Never. I'm going to pick on this point if I have time later in this sermon. But you can't. You can't fulfill God's purpose for marriage if you don't know God. Listen, there are many people <laughs> who supposedly might have a more peaceful home, supposedly. Yet, their marriage is not as purposeful. The marriage that has many issues, the issues in that marriage might be the exact reason the marriage is better than this other one. Yes. Now, I'm going to get your attention till I'm done. So let's talk about other things and we'll pick it up from here later. <laughs> Hallelujah. You have two purposes in marriage. Number one, to reciprocate the love of Christ. Number two, to herald the love of Christ. I take that again, to reciprocate the love of Christ. Number one. Number two, to herald the love of Christ. And I know the typical man always wants to, wants to know what's in it for me. How will knowing Jesus help me make better choices in romantic relationships? I will give you three, three ways, three simple ways. The love of Christ helps your romantic decisions. Number one, you would enjoy your singleness. In Christ, you will enjoy your singleness. I will tell you why that is important. Number two, you will choose right. Number three, you would have the right model. Number one, you would enjoy your singleness. Number two, you will choose right. Number three, you will have the right model. Just to be sure you're following, what's number one? What's number two? What's number three? Now, enjoying your singleness, I know it's a paradox. We're talking about romantic relationships. And we're talking about enjoying singleness. Can I tell you something? If you don't enjoy being single, you are already at a disadvantage. You may never be happy in marriage. Never. Are you listening to what I'm saying? You may never. You see... Many people, the issues they're having in their relationship is they're so needy. So needy. 
what you're looking for in that spouse, you are meant to look for only in Christ. And now, you, people are avoiding you. You are a burden. You, you need to be rocked all the time. You know, every single, you know, you, you, you're, you're insecure. And so simple conversations are too deep. What are you saying? Always trying to read the deeper meaning. Afraid he's going to walk away. How are you? You know, and then he replies, fine. Uh -uh, what do you mean fine? What do you mean, what do I mean fine? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Have you seen people who always think there is something deeper? Something under the layer? Because that's how insecurity works. It filters into how you hear and perceive what people are saying. You interpret what people say through the lenses of your own insecurity and judge them to be saying what they never said. And you will respond to what you thought they said that they never said. Problem has started. Have you seen simple things escalate? You are wondering, what did I say? What, how did we get here? This is the problem with many relationships. You're too needy. You don't care about my feelings. You don't care. What's good? What? Can I tell you something? When you are too needy, you become less attractive. Did you hear what I just said? The irony is, you will work better with someone when you can stand alone. Did you hear what I said? Work on yourself. Improve yourself for Christ's sake. When anyone who is coming to be a part of your life knows that it's a privilege, an advantage for him or her to be a part of your life, that's a plus. That's a plus. That's a plus. Not that from when you were 13, you were already fantasizing someone who would, you know, your life is incomplete. He would take your pain away, you, you know. So now, when you have that mindset, you expect too much from the lady, you expect too much from the guy. It, you, this thing filters into our culture. Have you ever heard a love song and you're like, should I be singing this to someone or to God? Have you heard the love song? Right? This is, this is. <laughs> some of you don't even get what I'm saying. But some of you know. Uh -uh. You are the first and the last. Uh -uh. Is this God or woman? Listen to me. Jesus said to that woman at, at the well, notice, coincidentally, that woman had been married five times. Had a side boo. Her game was on another level. When you have five husbands and you still have a side boy, that's, that's an, I've never heard of it. Never. Praise the Lord. She was looking for something. 
looking for statistically those who divorce their spouses and try to remarry the second marriage has a failure percentage i mean anticipated failure percentage of 50 percent it's likely going to fail again you would tell yourself it's going to work this time it won't it won't statistically so she kept doing up up until number five you know that's a huge lesson because eventually the problem was not with the guys are you with me jesus said i will give you water if you drink of this water you will never thirst again there's a reason you're running up and down dating stupid people there's something you're looking for that you will never find in them you will only find in christ this is not a religious sermon this is a fact hallelujah if you are not satisfied in Christ, first and foremost, you will never be satisfied. Never. Never. So when enjoying your singleness, you, you, have to, you have to just be blessed by who you are in Christ. Be comfortable in your own skin. Know that he loves you. If your sense of worth comes from Christ, ah, you will be confident. You will glow up. You'll be beautiful. Hallelujah. I don't know about you. The moment I came to know Jesus, ah, it showed in every aspect of my life. I became more confident. It affected how I spoke. I became more, I could talk to people. Because sorry, oh, you might be great and all that, but Jesus loves me. Don't you get, I can talk to you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, you don't think you don't think you don't think I'm special? That's too bad. The problem is with you. Jesus loves me. I'm not saying this as a motivational speech. I'm saying this as a fact. I mean the person that matters the most paid the ultimate price for me. Anybody who doesn't think I'm special is wrong. Including myself. Maybe sometimes I, 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 I don't even know what I'm worth. But I look at Christ consistent in his love for me. Do you know what it means? You know, when you meet people, they don't know what you're thinking. Sometimes you're trying to be nice to people in your mind. You're like, this, this guy is so clueless. It's such an advantage to be able to think things and say something else. Just imagine people could hear all your thoughts. They will run away. Sometimes they're like, ah, ah, she order. How are you? Fine. You know? Why are you squeezing your face like this? Stress. 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 Well, you're not wrong. <laughs> I said all that to say this. God knows all your thoughts. All the time. I... Let me give you another example. You know, a lot of people even judge the good things that you do. So, 
your friend comes to you, says, ah, I need this money urgently. And you're like, bro, I don't really have money to give you. Money is 20,000. Ah, man, thank you so much. And then you say, I'm sorry, I don't have much. You lied. Am I talking or I'm talking? Even your good works might not really count as much to God all the time because he knows what you were really capable of doing. You can tell your friend, ah, I just managed this 20K. God knows how much you have all the time. <laughs> he knows. He knows. So if there's one person you can, you can never lie to God. He knows all your weaknesses. There are some aspects of your life <laughs> that nobody has ever seen that he sees. And he loves you. If, if this doesn't give you a sense of confidence, a sense of worth, I don't know what else does. I don't know what else does. The moment I came to know the Lord, subconsciously, I, I just began to dress better. I began to look better. I began to talk to people. It, it affected every aspect of my life. He loves me. Don't you understand? He, this is for real. He loves me. God loves me. He talks to me. Ah. They were all wrong. The haters were wrong. I just forget the haters. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Think about that. He, he said, if you drink of this water, you will never thirst again. Never. Never. Many people, their approach to relationship is idolatry. It's idol idolatry. You're idolizing people. The person has become a God figure to you. It's wrong. That's where the problem starts. Hallelujah. When you are comfortable in singleness, then when you enter a relationship, because you are comfortable, you can now be a giver. Listen, that's what makes marriage works, work. When two comfortable, satisfied people date each other and they are trying to outdo others, each other in generosity. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's what actually counts. But if you are needy and I am needy, we'll keep having problems. Praise the name of Jesus. God's plan for you is that you'll be so satisfied in him, you can be a blessing to others. That's his plan for your life. Now, Paul, have you really read Paul's thoughts on relationship and marriage? You know, people hardly talk about it. First Corinthians 7, Paul saying, he's telling you, ah, anybody who is single, his, de his desire will be to the Lord, you know, he's serving in ministry, he's effective, and all of that. And he's saying something that people hardly say. He's saying, if you can, stay single. Just that thought. The thought that is an option. The audacity 
to say, you know what? The fact that everybody is rushing into this marriage thing. And, and you know, the moment they come for your graduation in the university, they say, ah, congrats, oh, next thing, marriage. You allow that pressure. That pressure is on you. But when you come to a point, like Paul taught, where your priority is the will of God, you know, I'm comfortable in my relationship with God. You become valuable. Hallelujah. There are aspects of your life you may never improve until you enjoy singleness. When you enjoy singleness, you're looking out for yourself so that you can be a blessing to others. You become confident, you become, you just blow some. That's God's plan for your life. Let nobody take the place of God. Even in marriage. Even in marriage. Nobody should take the place of God. Enjoy your singleness. Praise the name of the Lord. This is so important. Especially in our culture. African women, enjoy your singleness. There's no, there's no pressure on you. No pressure. Hallelujah. It is Christ that completes you, not a man. Christ. Believe this. What is the first thing I have mentioned? <laughs> All right. And then, of course, I'm not going to spend time on this. You will choose right. You see, when you are not desperate, you'll be more rational. It's that simple. You'll be more rational. When you're not desperate. If you choose out of desperation, you will make the wrong choice. Hallelujah. You know, someone said it jokingly, seriously. He said, they don't catch late commas, oh. In marriage, they don't catch late commas. That you, you married at the age of 33. What were you doing? What were you doing? Stand here. Nobody does that. Nobody does that. Of course, you know what I believe. If you are mature, you, you, you are independent, you find the right person. 21, get off the market. I'm telling you. Read the Bible well. Joseph and Mary, they were teenagers. Sometimes I, I, I feel shy to say their age. They were teenagers. About 18, 19. Maybe even younger. Are you with me? That's another sermon on his own. <laughs> because many of us, uh, there's a reason why we are not born with sexual urges. When you get to a particular age, the organs, you know, they call it puberty, the sexual organs begin to develop. That's God's way telling you through nature. Start planning. Start planning. Start planning. But, but in our culture, when you, you have reached puberty 400 level, that's when you just gain admission into the university. 
That's when you just, you are approaching menopause. That's when you graduate. Our culture has made marriage difficult. Praise the Lord. When you're raising children, make sure that by 20, if they are waiting, it's because they chose to wait. Did you hear what I said? That by 20, they are financially independent, they are mature. If they want to move on, they feel free. At least that's my goal. Anyway, that's not what we're talking about. Simply put, when <laughs> you are satisfied in Christ, you will choose right. And what did I say is the number three thing? You have the right model. Listen, now, this sounds very, you know, religious if you're not mature as a Christian. But this is awesome. The Bible says, submit to your husbands as unto the Lord. I, I see the debates on Twitter. I see, you know, the debates in our culture. A lot of people have different opinions on submission. Why should the woman submit? We've called it, you know, different names. You know, some under the guise of feminism. I've seen feminists, good feminists who are not extreme. If you are all for, you know, women's rights, women should have equal rights in the community. I'm for that, 100%. But some people stretch it to the extreme. And it's because they don't understand biblical leadership. They don't understand, and it's part of what I'm saying. When you hear submit, you are thinking of something else. You're thinking of the African culture, not scripture. Didn't you, didn't you hear what it says? As unto the Lord. Do you know who the Lord is? The Bible says, let this mind be in you. Which was also in Christ Jesus. He didn't consider equality with God something to be grasped, to be held onto his own advantage. He humbled himself, made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant. He, 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 was, he submitted himself to the will of God, even unto the cross, laid his life for us. You know, Jesus categorically distinguished, you know, the carnal leadership from his own style of leadership. Let me show it to you. You, you know, he talked about the world and how they, how they con what they consider to be leadership. And he separated it. Look at Matthew chapter 20. Matthew chapter 20 verse 25. I'm going to move fast because of time. It says, but Jesus called them to himself and said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. So this is this is how unbelievers approach leadership. They lord it over people. Kneel down, kneel down. You know what I'm saying. He says, those who are great exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you. Are you with me? It shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. Say with me, biblical leadership. Let him be your servant. And whoever desires to be first amongst you, let him be your slave. Imagine this. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. And to give him, himself a ransom for many. He said, I didn't come to, to be served. I came to serve. This is the Son of God. This is our standard in marriage. 
Hallelujah. The reason why many people revolt to the idea of women submitting in marriage is they're thinking in an African context. So the man, you know, will just be treating her anyhow. No. Read well. He says, as unto the Lord. The Lord is our example. Look at how he led people. On one, in one instance, he brought out a basin, began to wash his disciples' feet. Think about that. Think about that. Just imagine picking a basin to wash the feet of people here. Not because you feel like doing so, but because they walked barefoot in a dusty place and you just want to serve them. So they were, they were about to enter a place and say, can I wash your feet? How will you feel? Many of us will respond the way Peter responded. Are you getting what I'm saying? You, you feel, imagine, we're talking about someone that you honor. Honor greatly. He says, I want to wash your feet. <laughs> and then you're about to like, be like, no, come on. Come on, sir. Excuse, sir. He said, if I don't wash you, you will have no part in me. Think about it. The concept of salvation is hinged on our readiness to receive the service of God in Christ. You could only be saved because you allowed Christ to save you. Jesus, let me, maybe that, you won't get it this way. God saved you. He came down to the earth to save you. Now that's your standard in marriage. Who won't submit to a man like that? Are you getting what I'm saying? Who won't submit to a man like that? You're not just an African man. You're a child of God. Child of God. If people understood biblical submission, there won't be any debates. Husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church. Ah, you, maybe you don't get this. This is, this is not law of Moses. This is gospel. As Christ loved the church. You don't understand. Moses said, if you catch a woman in adultery, give her a letter of divorcement. Well, so long, farewell. They brought a woman from adultery to Jesus. He said, he who is without sin, cast the first stone. That's my standard. God expects me to treat my wife like that. I don't, think, I don't think we're ready. They didn't prepare us enough. Listen, if Christ is your standard in marriage, the stakes are high. I'm supposed to love as Christ loved. So all the things <laughs> that you complain about in the marriage becomes the essence and the opportunity to demonstrate the love of Christ. Because in your relationship with God, you brag about the fact that you are undeserving, he loves you still. You said love like that. 
You don't understand. It's a love like that. That's why he created marriage. To mirror the union between Christ and the church. So when... I, you know I said earlier, I, I said I was going to come back to that point. A marriage can be peaceful and not be purposeful. I mean, if you are naturally, your temperament, you are gentle, and we're both gentle people, you say, ah, you stepped on me, you <laughs> Don't do it again, or oh. <laughs> Maybe, but this other couple, both of you have big personalities in terms of you know, emotions and all of that, and it's just like, my wife and I, we have strong personalities. Very strong. You, you know my wife is a boss, you know now. Those of you, <laughs> you get what I'm saying? So we have to do a lot of negotiations in the house. Because she's a strong personality. If she says, I think we should do it this way. And then I want it done the other way. It's, it's, it's always... <laughs> <laughs> the Lord is helping us. <laughs> Because I have a strong personality, she has a strong personality too. Guess what? I have more opportunity to show the love of Christ when my partner is weak. Did you hear what I said? You were all silent. Should I take it again? I'm not talking about seeing the wrong person and entering with your eye open. No, that's foolishness. But the moment you marry someone, if the Bible says you are to love as Christ loved the church, ask yourself, how did Christ love the church? Who were we before Christ loved us? See, I believe that if people understand marriage the way God understands it, or the way God ordained it, not the ginger to enter, it will reduce. Eh? That you think in your relationship with God, you think, oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless. Ah, Father, even when I'm unfaithful, you remain faithful. Imagine your partner can say that about you. <laughs> Remember, of course, your partner is a believer too. So it's just the same way in our love for Christ. We don't continue to do all the wrong things that grace may abound. Nonetheless, he said, where sin did abound, grace did much more abound. Imagine someone knowing as a partner, Eh? No matter the error you make, I got, I got you. That's, that's God's plan for marriage. <laughs> Nothing you do can make me fall out of love for you. <laughs> that's solid. 
Even me, I'm still working on it. I'm working. I'm working. I'm working on it. <laughs> but that's God's standard. Don't you understand? Our standard died. 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 This is not like the movies. In the movies, the babe was fine. You know, they were having it together. Mm-mm. In this actual love story, he died for the undeserving. He died knowing that some people will never still respond to his love. Do you think about that, oh? Do you, you know, the people who are saying there's no God, God still died for them. <laughs> are you getting what I'm saying? Some of them say there's no God. Some, they say this cup is God. This cup. Some say it's water. Some say it's cow. Cow. The blood of Jesus was still shed for them. They may never use it. They may never accept it. He did not wait. If you are going to love, for, love like Christ, you will not wait for the response from your spouse. You will not wait. You will not wait. You know, some people, for, for many of us, we're taught to love in a transactional manner. Oh, I will submit to you if you will love me. Mm-mm. The Christ way is he didn't wait. He was proactive about it. Proactive and consistent. That's the love of Christ. I dare you to approach marriage the Bible way. And you know the interesting thing? All that he has asked you to do, he has empowered you to do. He has given you his Holy Spirit. You can love like Christ. You can. Say that with me, I can love like Christ. Hallelujah. The Bible says the fruit of the Spirit is love. I can love like Christ. I can. I can. I can. I can be sacrificial. Consistently sacrificial. So two people in marriage... The husband's standard is Christ. The wife's standard is Christ. Ah. (laughs) They will be all right. Please, are you getting this? This is your destiny. You know, God told Hosea the prophet. He said, I want your marriage to tell a story of my love. Do you know that's, that's the destiny of all of us? Of course, God won't ask you to do what Hosea did. But your marriage is still meant to be a testimony of his love. He told Hosea, go and look for Goma. Goma is a prostitute. You will pay, what do they call the guys? In black American narrative, the guys that always wear purple and the pimp. <laughs> You pay the pimp a huge ransom so that he can let her go and marry you. He must have paid, I, I don't know how, how much of saving he had to give up to give that lady a fresh start. One would think, oh, the lady will, you know, will adore him, will be all over him. You did this for me. Thank you very much. You know, and all of that. But that wasn't the case. After a while, after they had had one or two children. She went back to prostitution. Imagine your horse here. You'd be like, what? 
the audacity, the gods are ungrateful. This is rubbish. I knew it was a mistake. Never, never again. <laughs> and God speaks to him. He said, go again. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Go again. Toast her afresh. Pay another money. Take her home. You need to understand. If God wants us to love like Christ, he's asking us to do something we cannot do by our own normal human propensity. You cannot approach marriage like Christ in your carnal state. You have to be born again. You, you just have to be. He, he has to give you a new heart, new desires, new, new propensity. You know, to love with such intensity and consistency, it takes, only, it takes only the power of God. Hallelujah. And that's the power you have received. Not only is his love overwhelming, never-ending, and reckless, your love is too. Hallelujah. You can sweep the whole house for a single coin. Let go of your schedule just to make her happy. Let go of your ego, your pride, your friends. Isn't that the problem? Women, you know, they don't like to share the spot in your, you know, I don't want to give you examples. No, no. Every time I give you examples, I enter trouble at home. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You know, I, if, uh, it was just, let's say generically. <laughs> if you notice, the conversations will usually go like this. Uh, so, well, I'm going out with the guys tomorrow. We'll just spend some time and then I'll be back. By, so by 2 p.m. I'll be out. Okay, that's nice. Uh, when is our next hangout again? <laughs> it's, it's natural. Like, sh like uh, what's going on? <laughs> because women, they don't like to be threatened in their position. They want to, they must be your best friend, number one. Not, not only must they be number one, you must say it, you must prove it, you must show it, you must... Uh, Push the guys away. <laughs> you know, I didn't understand this initially. Irubo. <laughs> Say thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Say thank you for your love. Hallelujah. I said... Final thing, I just want to re-emphasize. Marriage has two purposes. In marriage, you are to reciprocate the love of Christ to your spouse and to herald the love of Christ based on how you treat your spouse to the world. That's a tall order. That you say, God, you've given me so much. You've loved me so much. How can I pay you back? He said, don't pay me. Just treat your wife well. Are you with me? That, that, that's big. Just treat your husband well. 
And he says, the way you treat your spouse is how you are showing appreciation for what I did for you. This is a big problem. Are you aware? It's called one chance. We are all in one chance. If you've received the love of Christ and you marry, it's one chance. You don't have any excuse again. Because he wants you to, in quote, pay him back by how you treat that spouse. That's big. <laughs> and then, of course, to the world. You see, on, on, on Wednesday, this is the last thing I'm going to say. On Wednesday, I read a story. Jesus gave a parable about a rich man that had servants. And he was doing his bookkeeping one day. So he, gave, he called all his servants to give accounts and discovered that one of the servants was owing 10,000 talents. You know when you hear 10,000 talents, it sounds, you know, it's KJV. was 10,000 talents. What is talents? He could sing, he could play the keyboard. You, <laughs> you know, some people think that way. Talents. Singing, dancing. That's not it, though. They use talents. You know, it's, first of all, talent is not even a currency. It's, it's a unit of measurement, like kilogram. Are, are you with me? So they use it to measure precious stones like gold or silver. Modern day equivalent, $15 million. How much is $15 million in Naira? Calculate it. Take your time. Are we using 360 or 365? Oh, yeah, calculate. How much is that? No. How much is it? $5.4 billion. Abi? So he was owing five billion four hundred million naira. Just imagine, if you are owing that much, how will you be sleeping? <laughs> how will you? How will you sleep? You know some wicked people. You know some wicked people. The, the ones that you borrow five k, they'll be flexing on the gram and not pay you back. Those are the ones that w they will owe five billion and sleep. Oh. There are some people like nothing do. They, they will sleep. They sleep. <laughs> so people are very wicked you know but 5 billion and now the master is like oh, you are in trouble in, in those days if you are owing money they will sell you as a houseboy. you will walk the money's worth so you are like he, they were about to make him houseboy. you, your wife, your kids he laid prostrate he said please I will pay you back give me more time do you know what the master did he didn't give him more time. He looked at him. He said, you know what? Don't worry. I forgive you the debt. Hey! Five, you were owing five billion and they said, don't worry, don't pay back. Oh! How are you going to respond? Yes, some of you, I've not heard your voice throughout this sermon. But I'm hearing your voice now. Like, ah, five. They think calm, right? 
Now, this is the part of the story that you should pay attention to. On his way back, he saw another guy that was owing him modern-day equivalent 5,000 naira. 5K. $15. The Bible says he arrested him and threw him into prison. When the master of the house heard, he was angry, as he should be. He was angry. He said, how can you? I forgave you so much, you couldn't forgive so little. Some of you too, as you're hearing it, you are angry, not realizing I'm talking about you. I'm talking about you. Don't you get the analogy? God is the master. You are the one who was owing. Because you couldn't qualify for his grace, his goodness, and all of the, all the things he gave you freely. You couldn't qualify for it. He paid the price for you. And all he's asking you to do is reciprocate. Just, just love your neighbor. As Christ loved you, love. He said, if you refuse, you're like that guy. Because no matter the hurt, the betrayal, Everything is infinitesimally insignificant compared to Christ and his love for you. Hallelujah. It's a challenge to love as Christ loved the church. It's a challenge. You can do it. He has given you his spirit. You have no excuse. You have no excuse. I'm going to be patient I'm going to be kind. I'm going to be selfless because I've got the Spirit of God. My relationship with God has changed the way I treat people, the way I treat my spouse. He has become my lens. Hallelujah. As a woman, you, you can submit. You can. You can. You can give him the privilege of leading the home, not because you are weak, not because you have no brains, but because you have power under control. You've given him the privilege to lead the home. It's, it's just an understanding of roles. An understanding of roles. Roles. So you give him, so when you have different opinions, you give him, you give him the privilege to have the final say. It's a privilege. It's a show of trust. Okay, this is the way I think it should be. And then when you go his way and he fumbles, you don't say, I said it. I said it. If I, if I talk now in this house, they will say, I, I keep talking. Uh, I've come again. <laughs> Hallelujah. And then men also. You understand that leadership is not just insisting. African men like to insist when there is there's no point. There's no point. Just listen to, from experience, eh, if you don't listen to women, they, women have a different way of seeing things. You need their perspective. They are more perceptive. If a woman, a woman might meet your friend, she's meeting him for the first time, she will just tell you, honey, this guy, watch him. You say, why? What happened? You say, I don't know, but you know what I'm saying. If you don't listen, 
You will see things in life. So you understand. I'm the leader, but I'm leading like Christ. Hallelujah. My, the greatness of my leadership is demonstrated in my service. I'm here to serve her. The authority that I have is not to put her under, but to make her better. Are you getting what I'm saying? It changes everything. And today we're just going to pray in the spirit for a few seconds. You know, confessing that the power of the Holy Spirit has empowered us to function in marriage, in relationship as we should. By the power of the Spirit of God, we love like Christ. We submit like Christ. We serve like Christ. Thank you for listening. We are sure that you have been blessed. For inquiries, reach us on our helpline 0809-996-7000. Blessings. Blessings.